Welcome to another episode of uscscoop.com's Scoop TV, and we're all one big Trojan family podcast. On this episode, we got Scott Schrader joining Mark, finally. We're going to talk about what we had for lunch. It wasn't very good barbecue. We're also, though, we're going to break down USC's recently completed 2021 recruiting class. Uh, we're going to also uh, talk briefly about the new offensive line coach, Clay McGuire, the promotion of Seth Dagey from offensive uh, analyst to tight end coach. Uh, we bring up Brian Carrington's name, who was recently added to the staff from the University of Texas. We then segue onto the USC men's basketball team that's up in Washington, hoping to come back this weekend with two more wins. And then from there, we just kind of ramble on a little bit, kind of like what I'm doing now. So we do hope you enjoy the show. Fight on. All right. We got uh, another episode here of Scoop TV. <laughs> got Scott joining us. Um, and you'll notice we're mobile. Uh, there's no Josh. There's no Brandon. Uh, this is just going to be a, a, a wrap-up show, kind of... We're going to talk about wrapping up recruiting, where Scott's going to talk mostly. Uh, we're going to talk about the, two, the staff additions. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about where the basketball team is, and then also give our opinions on where high school football is in California. So for the next 15, 20 minutes or so, that's what we're going to do. And uh, so first thing, uh, it's nice to have Scott on the show. Hello, everybody. It's been, it's, we were solo yesterday with... With Vic and uh, Mike Jinx, they gave me a strict ten minute. I know it was fun. <laughs> are, are we still on schedule? You, you got yes. a couple more minutes. We're okay this time. <laughs> so, just got done finishing up lunch. Um, recommend it? Do you recommend this place? No. Yes. No. If you're gonna go anywhere in here, you're gonna go to Chipotle. Yeah. So we we tried this place called Holy Cow Barbecue for lunch in Culver City. It's okay um, if you want fast food barbecue. But if you want good barbecue in L.A., don't go here. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the place in San Antonio that's like a chain place. That's even better than this. Yeah, I'm sure you're... Like, I want to say Bob Evans, but it's not. <laughs> well, if anybody knows barbecue in Texas by now, it's going to be you. Yes. Uh, you spent enough time Thank there. you, Craig Niver. <laughs> so, um, 2021 class is done. Recruiting is over. Um, Scott, are you happy with the class? I think that it was an exceptional recruiting class. You know, the, you know, if, if, if you can look at it in, in multiple ways on whether you think it's a good recruiting class or not. You know, to start with, they went from number sixty-seven ranked recruiting class a year ago to the number currently number seven, I think, or whatever it is. I think I think it should even be higher than that because I think USC got a five-star quarterback in Jackson Dart, right. and uh, some other guys I think are ranked a little bit lower than they they should be, but. Um, like Jalen Smith, for example, you know he's 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 just turned 17, and he is actually could be easily be a 2022 prospect, and and if Jalen Smith was, you know he would be a top five prospect in the class of 2022. So you know if you have to factor that kind of stuff in because you know, you're talking about a top five national recruit in Jalen Smith, and I don't know where he was ranked, you know, in his current class, but I I, I thought it was an exceptional class. And, and you know on that note, how much you know how much how badly were these. California high school recruits hurt by not being able to play. Yeah, you know, you know getting reevaluated and re-ranked where you know they they might should be, where they should be. 
Well, when I'm asked, you know, that question, which is asked all the time, you know, you, I point out Jackson Dart. Nobody knew who he was outside of Utah for the most part um, until October. And, you know, how he signs with USC. Austin Uke yeah. was committed to Holy Cross until November. And nobody knew who he was either. And, and he signed with Stanford this month. So those stories were not, those stories did not happen in California this year. And, they, and they, those stories happen in California every year. So the California kids were impacted greatly. Some, some D1 kids are going to end up at junior colleges. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully uh, those guys get to have a season, too. Yes. Um, as far as do you think USC filled all their needs? Was there any holes that were left? You know, I think I think there, there were a couple of offensive linemen, I think, that, that they, they would have liked to have gotten that, that would have really helped them mm-hmm. a lot. And I think part of you know, some of the support staff guys are hiring, and, and, you know, they want to recruit offensively specifically with offensive linemen at an elite level like they have been with defense. So, um, but I think that, I think there's still a little, there's something missing at linebacker still, I think, you know, and if they can get a transfer, that would be a big deal. Uh, again, obviously you have solo. You can almost mm-hmm. look at him as a transfer, yeah. um, you know, and people that know solo say if he does come back and he's ready physically, you know, you're, you're bringing in a big time future NFL linebacker there. It's, you brought this up. It's, and I don't know if it was on Twitter or where you dropped this little note, but the guy has not played in a game since 2017. Yeah, mid midway through his high school season, senior year. That's a crazy thing. That's four years. That that's a graduating class. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we all we all want Solo to to be that guy for you know get one year of football in. Yes, just one year. <laughs> he, that's all it's going to take with him too. Right, and you know, no offense to you know Julian Simon or, or Rajon Davis. You know, those, those are the two guys that SC wanted in this class. And those are the type of linebackers they right. absolutely needed, guys that are fast, right, very right, quick. Right, right. But, you know, I, I think we're just coming from, from a depth perspective. Um, USC could probably use another body there. I think so. Because, uh, you know, I raised that question. Josh and I, we had a pair of takes. You know, does USC need, you know, another transfer uh, through the portal? And... You know, I'm from the opinion of, no, we don't need, but they definitely want. Yeah. And, uh, I think they have done well in the transfer oh. portal. You know, and, and I talked to Mike Jinks yesterday, and, you know, we, we hear a lot about Mike Jinks. You know, he's now he can't recruit. And I, I believe it, he signed Brandon Campbell and brought in Keontae Ingram. I, I don't know how much more you want, considering they gained four yards last year in a right. couple games rushing the ball. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, on that note, though, do you see uh, the way, you know, you watch how recruiting took place this year. Um, the early signing period is now the, the target date for, yeah. for programs. Um, February is going to be there. I don't know for how much longer. So on that, do you see once early signing period is done, coaches now shift into more of, and this is something that I don't know if it's good or bad. In my opinion, I think it's not going in the right direction. The transfer portal is now a free agent market. Yeah. And you're now recruiting on a maybe a one or two year cycle per class because now you know you can go fill the holes through the transfer portal. Is that the new paradigm shift in your opinion? That's how I see it. Well, I think what's going to happen is, you know, you, you prefer to bring in high school kids to, to keep that cycle going of, of, of you know, you want to bring guys, you want to be able to sit them for a couple years, develop them. But, you know, now you have these guys you can bring in and make an impact day one. Right. So you, you, it's going to be a balancing act, but I think uh, you know what you're going to find probably are these high school kids 
committing sooner than ever before. You know, so they are locking up their spots. Kids, kids that maybe want to take visits and, and all this stuff in years past, which, you know, they can sco- still go do that, but kids are going to have to lock up their spots. We saw this this last year. You know, the message was, if you guys have an offer from a school you really like, you need to commit because, and, and, and that was forward thinking by a lot of these people. Right. They're smarter than me, in fact. I, I wasn't thinking that way. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to change things crazy. And, uh, you know, USC, well, Washington State, what did they just do? They just hired a guy that is responsible solely for, for transfers, yeah. transfer recruiting. You know, and and so you have to have somebody paying attention. To Spencer was telling us about this. Spencer Harris from USC. You know, you need to spot them and you need to get on them right away because you know you're going to have guys that are are such good football players that are entering the transfer portal. <laughs> you know, you need to go after them and get them right away. So it's 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 created, an, like you said, an entirely new element to recruiting. Yeah, I think it's just something to kind of keep an eye on going over you know the next couple of years. Um, and, and right now, especially with the way 2020 shaping up, the transfer portal just it's, it's overflowing with players, and more people keep jumping in, and there's just not enough spots for them to land elsewhere. So now, you know, as, as a head football coach at, at a program like USC, you know, are you recruiting a player that you know is going to stick around for at least three years? Or are you looking for a player that has to make an immediate impact within the first two years, and if they don't, you're recruiting around those guys now? And maybe that's how they're doing it now, but you know you're not going to pull that recruit from high school. You're going to pull that recruit from yeah. the free agent market. The, th- the difference is, is you know the guys that are available right. in the recruiting process, so that will never go away. Because yeah. you, you can plan for that um, and start the process really, really early and, and so on. I, I think the for, for schools like USC, you know, USC wants to get to the point where they're recruiting linemen especially right. to where they they aren't playing them right away. Like right now, USC needs to play their young offensive line because they are the most talented. But that's not ideal. So that if you look at Alabama, this is the way it was put to me. If you look at Alabama, the guys that at least were, were starting on their defensive line, I think it was defensive line this year, hmm. they are all like third-year guys. The way it should be. You know, and, and offensive line is the same same thing. And there will be occasions where there's going to be somebody that's going to come in and you're going to be able to play them right away. But you know, that's where USC wants to get is they want to have depth where, A, you're, you're able to register guys and have them be physically and mentally ready to come in and play, and and also get the talent level to the point to where there's accountability without you having to tell guys not to do this, not do that, <laughs> because if they if they don't do it, they're gonna, they're, you, you are going to sit them. Right. You know, and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State have that right now, and that's why you see their their players sometimes acting a little bit differently, where it's like C.J. Williams from Modern Day described it as more business-like. And I know I know USC would like to be... USC's always going to have more fun than they have at other places, just the way it's going to be, but they could be... They could lose a little bit of the showboating. I, I don't know if that's even... No, right. I think that's a good... I, I think that's a great way of describing it. Uh, you know, when we were watching the Alabama-Ohio State National Championship game, uh, I think it was Herb Street, or one of the announcers made a point, you know, they actually pointed out, with Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, he catches touchdowns like you and I take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And all he does is hand the ball to the referee afterwards. Yeah, Lindell White, remember? Yeah. <laughs> there's no hip gyrations, there's no ball spinning. Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, been here, done it, let's do it again. Right. And... USC needs to get back to that. There's a time and a place for a little bit of swag on the sidelines. When Pete Carroll was winning, that type of stuff was going on on the sidelines. So, you know, Reggie Bush pointed out, 
You know, he doesn't want to see everybody out there with, you know, some with their shirt on, some without. It's all about discipline. I think that's the message we're all talking Probably. about. Probably. Right that's, that's more what it is. Right. And, and discipline, it was very challenging for USC this past year because I think they brought in a, a half a coaching staff that was, was right. going to be more of, of implementing a discipline portion of, of, of how they operate at USC. And they didn't have a chance to really do anything in the springtime. Everything was virtual. There was really no fall camp. But that's not when you do that stuff anyway. So right. this spring they have an opportunity to, to come in and, and – Change the culture again, and but there was a big difference last year. I mean, if you ha- if you hear recruits talking about they're seeing a big difference, whether the fans do or not is irrelevant because the recruits are seeing a difference. So if you if you have a difference again from last year to this year, you know more kids will start looking at it. And I, I'm just you know with recruiting, I have not collectively heard the feedback about the USC football program from recruits now, right now. Class of 2021, especially the class of 2022, about the USC football program since Pete Carroll days. You know, it's just, and, you know, the fans are like, well, what the hell are they looking at? Well, they're looking at stuff that you aren't. You know, they're, they're, they're not seeing that USC need to go 6 and 0 and beat Oregon. They're seeing, hey, you know, you start adding the talent and with, with, with talented coaches to go along with it, and you do add the discipline, you know, then you are the program that, that, fans want as well because you need to have the talent first of all and then you, you add all the el- other elements in there good coaching and discipline and whatnot and it's not usc's not that far off it's to me i look at it where it's inevitable in the very near future usc will be competing nationally again well yeah it's another thing you pointed out at this time last year rajon davis was committed to lsu Corey foreman he might have had USC on the radar, but it was more of a, you know, I'm humoring my hometown school. They were the homeschool. That was it. And that was it. So the fact that USC was able to bring those guys in the fold, they've already locked up, you know, verbally, Damani Jackson. Yep. Uh, which is the number one player in California for 2022. Um, and they're already high on the list for a number of other, high, you know, highly rated 2022 kids. Mm-hmm. Ernest Green from Bosco, Josh Cornerly from up there in Washington. Um, Jake Taylor from Vegas. Jake Taylor from Vegas, thank you. Uh, USC is, is in the conversation. Now, obviously they don't want to take a step backwards. they they got to keep up the momentum. Winning goes a long way. You saw it happen. The defense, night and day from 2019 to 2020. And if anybody knew how challenging this year was for the football team to practice, the, the to get the results they had, they achieved on defenses. California was a bad place to be located. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard COVID. to play football when you can't touch people. Yeah. Okay. It really is. So, uh, on that note, um, Scott, your opinion on um, the staff hires, Daggy? Well, let's start with, with with Clay McGuire first. Well, I I don't know much about Clay McGuire. I just know that he's off to a really good start recruiting. Okay, and you know you have, to, you have to start there. So he didn't waste any time. He got on Ernest Green, Jake Taylor, all the all the top guys on the West Coast, and and you know they're he's talking to them every. These guys, kids say they talk every day to him. So uh, he's doing a great job there. But you know it's also pointed out to me that he's worked for for the best of the best in the air raid, and and so we'll see. You know I thought Drevno was a good offensive line coach. I think maybe there were some they did not sign the the, the big elite guys, and and I think that that's that's a problem. With, with USC and the current administration, you know they want to bring in the best players in the country, 
And you know that's why the support staff hires you're seeing it. Brian Carrington was announced today. USC wants to go get the best of the best, and they're not. You know they want to lock up Southern California. And right now, as it stands right now, USC is going to basically get whoever they want in Southern California. You know, and you know you're not going to get Malik Murphy because USC's stacked the quarterback. So unless there's circumstances, you know, they're 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 right now they're on track to to get basically every guy they want in Southern California. And that's a, that's where you have to start. And then you start going up and down the West Coast and you venture out into other parts of the country. Um, so I don't know what, what the question was, but... Your, your thoughts on Clay McGuire and the job he's done. Man, you know, and, what he'll do as the offensive line coach. Yeah, that was a long-winded way for me to say <laughs> nothing about that. So here's my, here's my, my long-winded opinion on the hire. Um, this is regular Coke, by the way. I drank yours. It's okay. <laughs> we did this. We did do the switch twice. But yeah. Anyways, so it's another another knock for Holy Cow. I've had COVID, so he's he's good. <laughs> um, I like the hire from this angle. Um, Clay McGuire has already told everybody publicly that there will be discussions about putting the quarterback under center and implementing a run game a little bit differently than what we saw last year. Mm. Uh, that's, you know, it's been bugging a lot of people. I, you know, I don't want to hear that's not who we are. I know the fans don't want to hear that's not who we are because running backs don't want to hear that's not who we are. Um, you're not going to get top-level recruits talking that way at that position. So the fact that we've got somebody coming in who knows the air raid, who's coached under, you know, Mike Leach and has coached with Graham Harrell in the past. There's a familiarity. You know, maybe there'll be some more trust. Um, I'm not going to harp on this, but I want Clay McGuire to be the adult in the room. And right now he is, because when you look at the offensive staff, it's young. Clay McGuire is, you know, mid to late 40s. Yeah, I don't even know that. <laughs> Terrible, but... I should keep up with uh, that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like what we do. <laughs> uh, so hopefully he can, he, he can bring that that personality to the room that maybe Drebno didn't have. Because when you talk to the coaches, they'll it is coach speak. They'll, they'll never say it was Drebno's fault, but he turned out to be the scapegoat in this. Yep. So with that. But I want to make sure we met the, go mention ahead. Seth oh, Davies. Because I think, I think Seth, Seth may have been as important of a guy to keep as, as, as any, in my opinion. I just know what his impact was on recruiting. At quarterback I know what his impact was on Jackson Dart and Miller Moss. Um, you know, without Seth, I'm not quite sure they get either one of those guys. So and that's huge. You know, and, and he doesn't just recruit quarterbacks. Seth is a very, very talented young football coach. And, uh, you know, and, and I think USC right now is, they have a lot of really, really young talented guys in Vianney and, and Mike Hutchings and, and other guys. So, And young being young isn't a negative. Um, however, uh, just from my perspective, you, you, you have to have a little bit more experience and you have to be able to be humble. And I'm that I just get the vibe sometimes when I'm, when we're talking and listening to Graham Harrell speak, that there's a lack of humility there. And I don't know if maybe he's trolling with us some of the time because he does have that personality where he likes to have fun, which I kind of appreciate. But at the same time, <laughs> um, yeah, the running game hopefully is going to be addressed with Clay McGuire. 
Seth Dagey will have some input on that because he wants to get the tight ends involved. You know, USC brought in two, you know, big-time recruits yeah. that are, that are going to play that, that Y receiver position um, that USC employs as their tight end spot. Mm-hmm. Michael Trigg and um, Lake McCree. Yeah. So uh, we need to see production out of this position. And, you know, Coach Dagey said they were going to do that. Last year, we were going to do that as well. Hopefully, you know, again, 21, we'll, they'll get to practice and they'll be able to implement and get those guys involved. Yep. So, I, I think uh, as far as recruiting the new staff additions, uh, they just today announced um, Brian Carrington. Yep. The impact he's going to have. Yeah, ultimately, <coughs> what he did at Texas was, you know, quite impressive. Um, and, and when he, the feedback from a lot of the kids he's recruited and, and, you know, including Xavier Alford, who ended up at Texas, um, you know, guys just talk about how he's the best in the business. Now, whatever that means, you hear that all the time, but that means he's really good no matter what, you know, he, and, and Evan, Evan Stewart, five-star wide receiver from, from Frisco, Texas was, was saying, you know, the presentations that he makes for these kids to kind of show them where they would fit in with the program and, and what is very detailed and very impressive. And Xavier Alford was saying, you know, that kind of stuff, Brian's from Texas and he was at the University of Texas. There's no reason why you can't take what he did at the University of Texas and do that at USC. Um, that element. But he also has the element of being able to recruit Texas because a lot of people there have a lot of, a lot of trust in him and, and, and his relationship building was, was as good as anybody. Um, it would be like basically thinking, God, you know, Dante went to the University of Texas. You think he's going to do okay? <laughs> well, yeah, right? I mean, it's just, that's how it's put to me by some people. Okay. So it's just, it's just, it's just another piece of, of, of uh, support staff that, you know, they just keep bringing all these talented guys. And, and at some point, you, you've, you've got all the support that you, that you can use in all different parts of the country. And now you go to work. But you have to win football games. It doesn't matter, you know, the, USC is not stupid. And, and the athletic director will be the first one to tell you. You know, all this excitement, all this hype, you know, we hear it from the fans. Well, they got to win eventually. They understand that, okay? So if they don't win, there's going to be other changes. And there's really only one more change that would need to be made if they do not reach their expectations this year in 2021. Yeah. You know, yeah. Clay is the only guy that they haven't changed. Well, there, there's well, one. All right. Well, I, the, we understand your point. It's very I think everybody knows that. Yeah. You, you, I'm not going to get a high, new equipment guy and have him make a difference. Right. Firing a 15th assistant coach isn't going to be the difference. No. So, Mike Jinx, you're safe for this year. Um, on that, uh, let's, let's pivot. A little basketball. Tonight, um, USC... They're up in Washington. They'll play the Huskies. I believe the game starts at 7 p.m. on the uh, Pac-12 network. They're looking mm. to uh, get their 10th win in conference. They're still in first place. You know, uh, tied with the Bruins at UCLA. What do you think? you think they're finally going to make the tournament this year? They seem like they're playing really well. <laughs> yeah, they're going to make the tournament. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, with USC basketball, it's always been a curse. You know, they they were they were primed to make the tournament last year, and we all know what happened there. So. Yeah, but they they have they they have some players this year that are. Yeah, I, I really like watching play. Yeah, I know Coach Enfield doesn't like us to. He won't let us call Evan Mobley Superman yet. Yeah. but you know he's he's getting pretty close. He's pretty um, good. Yeah, he's on pretty much every 
final award watch list that's out there. Um, but yeah, USC, they're up in Washington tonight playing the Huskies who, you know, they're, they're not good. So if USC was to lose this game, it's, it doesn't help their resume. It doesn't, it's not going to kill them. But, you know, they're trying to build momentum and show this show the country just how good they are. And you can't lose to this type of team. Um, so it's imperative that they return home, you know, with two wins. Mm. Get to the 11 wins in conference. Uh, that'll give them 17 and 3 overall. Uh, they're currently number 20 in the AP poll. After two road wins in, you know, in conference... That could bump them as high as, you know, maybe number 15, which doesn't really mean anything come Selection Sunday. Yeah, but it means something. But it means something to you, me, the fans. And, you know, the recruits who are watching these games are like, oh, okay. they got something going on there in L.A. and it's not happening over at Pauley Pavilion. Which, by the way, if anybody's keeping track, um, it's been well over 500 days since UCLA has beaten USC in football or basketball. People do te- keep track of that stuff. Yeah, we need to get one of those tickers and counters going. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 521 days. 522 days. So, yeah, um, I, I've got a lot of um, expectations. I hate to use that word, but I, I really do see this team going far. If they can just kind of tighten up a few things. Number one, first and foremost, uh, they just got to be more consistent from the outside. Are you still missing layups? Yeah, that was my second thing. No. Get work on their fast break. Okay. It, you know, and I, I, I bring this up to, to Coach Enfield every now and then, and he was hesitant to admit it, but he does admit it that it's just these guys just got to do a better job. But like you said, making the easy shots. Yeah. Um, making layups. They are better this year than. The... Oh, they they're winning the close games. Yeah. Last year they weren't winning these types of close games, so. To be able to do what they're doing with, you know, I think they have three returning players from last year's mm-hmm. roster, a handful of grad transfers, and, you know, some new freshmen. I'm surprised Enfield isn't getting more um, attention for coaching. You know, here. one of the things that really stood out to me, and you've watched, I, you know, I haven't been paying that close attention to basketball as I, as I have in the past, but um, the transfers. Mm. You know, they didn't bring in a bunch of these highly recruited guys, but they, these guys know how to play basketball. That's the thing that stood out to me. They weren't like these five stars from, you know, whatever school, this, that, but they brought in these guys that have been around a while, so they already have that discipline, that maturity, and they know how to play basketball. Yeah, I, Taj Edey, um, who has been playing in the backcourt, yeah. uh, in play, not in place of Ethan Anderson, but uh, while Ethan's back was getting healthy, uh, he's really found his role on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he and Ethan can play together in the backcourt, it's really going to open things up for this team because Evan is such a great passer. Both he and his brother, um, Isaiah, they're great passers. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to be constantly be double and triple teamed in the post, yeah, these guys, if they can just make their outside shots at a more consistent clip. Yeah. You know, I said at 40 What about Drew? Drew Peterson? Yeah. Um, he's a great leader. I love this guy. He's kind of in a little bit of an offensive slump right now. Okay. I think he's... With Edie coming in, coming on, and Ethan coming back, yeah, I think, um, I think Drew's kind of have to find a new role mm-hmm. because he needs the ball in his hand. Um, so if he's not facilitating, um, I'm not sure if he has that confidence in his outside shot right but now. But what a bench guy to have! Oh yeah, I mean, look, 
that's the thing with this team. You, you just brought it up. If it's not one guy one night, it's somebody mm-hmm. another night. Um, the bench. This team is deep. Like 11 night where Shevas has his. Yes. Uh, <coughs> I'm acting yeah. like I know these guys. <coughs> <laughs> I don't. Yes. Chavez Goodwin came in and, you know, Evan was having a good, he wasn't having a great game offensively. Um, was Maybe that was by design the way you said it was defending him, but when Chavez came in, he didn't get that same type of attention, mm-hmm. so he was able to play a little bit more aggressive around the rim offensively. So um, I, I just hope more and more people get behind this basketball team. I would love for the athletic department um, to maybe get behind a little bit more, do more hype videos with the same type of passion that they do the football program. Look, I, I know I, I make light of it. SC is a basketball school. USC will always be a football school. But again, there's no reason why they can't be known for both. Uh, there's plenty of programs around this country that get recognition for being good at both. There are. So USC can be part of that. Well, I mean, they're, they're going in a very good direction. Yeah. And, and I know that the, the people inside Heritage Hall and the athletic department, um, they're, they're doing, they'd like to get the program a little bit more national yeah. visibility. And coaches aren't flying coach, pardon the pun, anymore at USC. <laughs> on Alliant on on no, Allegiant Airlines. No more middle seats. So. May I ask Dante, I go, did you ever fly? <laughs> How did you fly when you were at Oregon? He goes, first class. These are just some of the little things um, that... We like to bring up the petty bullshit stuff. But it's important. It, it really is important. You know, it gets lost. A lot of the stuff gets lost on why USC falls behind in certain things. It's these little things. But now they're ahead of on all right. those things. That's the difference between now and two years ago. Now they're, you know, like a, this. we've been here for 28 minutes and 50 yeah. seconds. You know, like, like Dante, Dante had a, 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 I don't know if he was on the internet, on social media, wherever he was, and he saw something that some school was doing with recruiting. And he's like, well, I need that. He calls Brandon Sosin at 10.30 p.m. on a Thursday night. Next day it's done. I don't know if it was that soon, but it sounds good if it was. Regardless, it was done yeah. very quickly, and that's the point. So, look, if these coaches want something or they need something, as long as it's you know not asking for the moon, yeah, they're 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 given what they need or what they're requesting. Yep, and and I think that goes across the board: football, basketball, any program. That's why I'm ultimately, and he is ultimately, very very bullish. On the Trojans right now. Yeah, I seriously. I might come across as the negative person, um, but it's not. It, it's I'm just very direct, very blunt, and I'm going to give you both sides. You guys, I'll let everybody else make the decision. I might give you my opinion on it, but ultimately, you know, it's up for everybody else to form their own opinion. All right. Well, I got to go into modern yeah, day. You got a meeting. I got a meeting to go to as well. So uh, we'll do this again Sunday. Josh and I will be back at our regular time. Um, we'll try and get Brandon back with us soon. He's got some obligations he's going to be taking care of uh, for the time being. Um, however, Scoop TV, we're here, and uh, we'll be back soon. Fight on.